people of Earth. We have come to upgrade your cosmic consciousness. DNA activation ready in three, two, one. Hi, welcome to Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership. I'm Craig Anderson. And I'm Lou Quinto. On today's episode of Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership, Lou and I are going to give an update on the state of remote work. Uh, Lou, you and I talked about a study that was recently done by Upwork on the future of the workforce and really employer attitudes uh, as we've kind of gone through this kind of accelerated embrace of remote work. It was a pretty significant study too. Oh yeah, it was. 1,500 executive, 1,500 hiring managers, I think, most of them in the C-suite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and they did kind of a two time frame: one before COVID, which was just part of their normal reporting, and then post. So they really kind of came at some interesting conclusions of hiring managers as we look at things right now. And they looked at three areas that were of key interest. One was the rise of remote work, how it's kind of accelerated since November. Uh, the second was the overall remote work experiment. How's it going? What are we seeing? And then third, the future of remote work. So Lou, why don't you kick us off with uh, the first topic, the rise of remote work? The rise of remote work, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, that it went originally pre-COVID was 35%, and it jumped up in just a, a matter of weeks up to 65%. And so everybody had to turn on a dime. And I think uh, we mentioned that I've mentioned this before, but uh, Eric Schneider, the former CEO of Google, had mentioned that, you know, in the last just that two months from March 15th all the way until May 15th, we've probably seen a decade of technological and business advancement because we've had to do it. The rise of the remote workforce, it, it was companies thought about remote workforce before. The generational differences where the millennials and now the uh, Gen Zers, remote work is appealing to them. Also was appealing to many companies because you could then hire people that were in different locations from your office and still have them as part of your team without having to bring them into the office, you know, pay for them to, to relocate and to move. In the short period of time that we've been in shelter and in the remote workforce and it's increased initially, the reaction of everyone was, mm, I don't know if I like this, but then everybody's getting used to it. The study shows that, you know, almost 75% of the people have said that when we come off of the COVID res uh, restrictions, that they either want to stay at the at, at working from home, or they would like to do part-time home and part-time uh, back at the office. So I don't think remote work is going away. No, and I think it's it's an interesting thought process. You know, I think a lot of the kind of older line hiring managers who were, you know, oh, you know, I'm not really comfortable with work from home. I really like to see things getting done. I like to watch what's going on. I think there's value in having the interaction at the workplace. You know, by this accelerated timeline that we had where suddenly, boom, everybody, you know, half your workforce is working from home. Right. Now, you know, that I wonder as we start to study this, as we continue to move forward, how much those attitudes have shifted. You know, will they, will we see more, you know, you said kind of the, the younger generations, the millennials and the, whatever the Zoomers or whatever they are, uh, everyone behind that coming up, yeah. um, you know, they've always kind of been pushing, let's work from home, let's work from home. And you've always had yeah. this resistance. Now I'm wondering how much that resistance is actually crumbling. And are we going to see managers and senior executives kind of say, oh, you know what? Now that I've seen it, maybe I can live with it. So will, you know, I do think we're going to start to see this stay more. 
right. uh, as the executives start to look at things. Yeah, and, and I think the proof is going to be in the pudding, it, w as with anything. You can sit and talk about a particular work model and envision how it might work. And let's face it, our brain likes to think in the negative. And when we don't know about something in reality, we start to create nightmares around things. But I think now that we've been in this situation, though, even those hardline managers, Craig, as you, as, as you call them, cannot deny that productivity has either maintained the same or in some instances it's increased. A lot of bad office habits like meetings starting late, meetings ending, not ending on time or going way over uh, time has really cleaned things up a little bit, if I can use that term. And I, you're gonna find that some people even, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, in this particular instance, those, you know, hardliners as you referred to them, it's been demonstrated to them. The, the visible evidence is there. It's hard to deny that it won't work. So uh, I truly believe that it's, it's here to stay. <laughs> no, that's great. I think, and that tees up actually uh, the second topic about the overall experiment, right? You know, 56% right. of hiring managers said it's going better than expected and 35% it's gone as expected. Now I'm not really sure. And it's not clear in the study. Does that mean they expected it would be terrible or they expected it would be <laughs> awful? But uh, you know, but it's, it seems like overall remote managers are, or the, the hiring managers are now viewing remote work pretty positively. They think things like, you know, no commute times going well, like half of them thought that, you know, a right. third of them saw increased productivity. And I think even you and I, since some of our earlier episodes on this, weren't really sure where the productivity thing is going to go. I was a little skeptical that productivity maintained the same or increased, but again, proof was in the pudding. It has. It's yeah, I and I've seen it both in studies and anecdotally. And and it's funny, kind of another stat that came out of the uh, another data point that came out is uh, just under two percent said nothing worked well. So <laughs> every hiring manager saw something worked well. Interestingly, and I think we brought this up when we thought about this before, is the things that aren't going too well though is about a third reported technology issues. And I think that depend, you know, yeah. it's probably one thing depending on you know where you're company is located and where your workforce is located and how much you had to spend real quick to get the technology out you know if people didn't have cameras and some of those things uh right. the increased distractions at home was also a challenge you mm -hmm. know how much of that is remote work and how much of that is all the covid related impacts of kids trying to go to school from home while mom and dad were trying to work from home yeah. uh and then you know and i think these are the ones that are of interest to me how we manage these long term is you know a third said reduce team cohesion a third said reduce you know difficulties in communication and about a quarter talked about teams being less organized so you know we can i think we touched on some of the positive things but how are we going to deal with you know how should leaders be thinking about pulling their teams together when their teams are distributed yeah well for those people who said that you know they felt that things were disorganized <laughs> the very beginning <laughs> Everything was disorganized. Yeah. And let's face it, we, we all learn at the same pace. So we were all on different learning curves. And so the organization was trying to keep up with the learning curves of different individuals. There are probably just some people who don't feel comfortable with the remote work situation. They like to be in the office. They like to you know, be in their cubicle. They like to be in back of their office computer. Uh, and now they're using their, they were using their home computer, if not provided a computer by the company. You know, when it comes, you talked about when it comes to the negatives, uh, there's negatives to everything. We've been thrust into a new business model that has proved that it can be efficient and it can work. And right. so in that particular instance, I, I 
don't know uh, as far as negatives. I'm sure you sit down with 30 different people, you'll come up with 30 different negatives of, of what happened. I don't think we're enough far removed from the situation to look back and be able to say, do a good, good, do a good analysis of what happened. So we need some time to go back and really look at how things settle down. No, I think you're right. And I think, you know, some of these issues that were kind of reported on the negative side around team cohesion and organization, some of that's just really working through how do I kind of recreate that experience of people being in the office and kind of that collegiality in a remote setting. So, you know, I've seen some things about work happy hours that were being done. I actually talked to somebody with, they've suggested a work happy hour and they found out that someone told them, well, 30% of our workforce is under 21. So we really can't do a happy hour. Uh, but, you know, can you do some of those things? And there was an interesting thing I mentioned to you, I saw this morning about leaders kind of opening up a room, like having people outside their office door when they just want to knock, is just kind of carve out times where they can create the waiting room and you know, let people in one at a time to, to kind on, of touch on Zoom, chat. right? On Zoom, yeah, or yeah, maybe it yeah. works on Teams too. I don't yeah. know, but just yeah. different ways you can kind of recreate that experience. And just like you might have intentionally held town halls or intentionally held an ice cream social, you may try and figure out some other things. I think it was um, Facebook said, you know, while they're going to let a lot of their people work from home, some of those savings would be um, mitigated because they're going to probably still have times when they bring everybody in just to kind right. of build some of those together. So it's an interesting yeah. thing that's coming. Yeah, well, I, I, let, let's face it. Uh, we, we've gone through personal situations like that too. Uh, we've celebrated Passover, Easter. We're celebrating graduations, birthdays, yeah. births uh, of, you know, of children. And we've adapted them very naturally Oh, well, let's use Zoom or let's use Facebook or let's use, you know, FaceTime or something like that. And so I, I if anything, and I keep saying we have proved that the works has been very, very resilient during these times uh, to be able to make changes. And I'm not using this question lightly overnight. We have had to make these changes. I truly believe that, um, again, th there's negative to everything, but I don't know if we can say the negatives outweigh the positives that we've occurred, that we've experienced in this time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and as we start looking to the future, you know, the managers seem pretty, you know, there's been kind of a huge mindset shift for the managers. You know, they're showing that somewhere around, you know, as a result of COVID, their organizations are gonna be about 60% either somewhat or significantly more remote than before. Uh, there was about a projected, they were projecting about a 30% growth rate before COVID and remote work from home. Now they're projecting that to be 65%, which is a huge shift sure. that's, that can be looked at in a lot of ways, just on impacts to a lot of different entities. But, you know, just for employers themselves, you know, what does this mean as they look to the future when they're starting to plan for, for um, capacity for new employees as we get back into more of a growth phase. And further, you know, what does this mean for productivity? You know, will we see this increased productivity? And since people are kind of, you know, are we getting to the point where, hey, you know, I can let my people be flexible, I can trust my people. But on the other hand, I'm gonna say, well, wow, I can get a lot more out of them now. So right. I maybe don't need to bring in as many people as I thought. Right. Well, I think one of the things you're going to find, and it coincides perfectly with the generational differences, what millennials and what the Generation Z uh, coming into the workforce is looking for. They're looking for those flexible work times, and they're looking for that 
I'll call it four day work week where they have a, a, a good work life balance that they'll be able to, to deal with. A lot of these changes, I, I, even though they happened in a crisis situation, time goes on, we're going to see that shift that dealt with the generational differences where you had the boomers and you had the veterans and the Gen Xers who like the eight to five, you know, one hour for lunch and, and they love those policies and procedures and they resist it. They be, well, let's face it, I, everybody, if they had a negative comment to make about a millennial, they always said they're lazy, they don't like to work, they don't like to do all those, all those negative stereotypes they threw out. Now there's going to be a significant switch and the millennial wants and needs as well as the Gen Z coming in because let's face it, Gen Z and millennial already account for 50% of the workplace. So this was like the tipping point of how do we go from the old business model? How do we make that swing? This situation gave us that opportunity to be able to make that transition very disruptive, but at the same time forced us in depth, forced every business into making the changes that needed to be made in order to meet the needs of the next generation of leaders coming in. I'm a little skeptical about the four day work week thing. I just, you know, I, I'm old you're enough already, to remember. You already do a four day work week. So uh, what are you yeah, yeah. about? <laughs> I, I just remember what computers were going to save our lives and we were only going to have to work three days a week because of all the increased productivity we'd have, except what the trick was is all the employers decide, well, let's just get more out of people since we can get more of it automated. So I think it remains to be seen what this means. You know, I think every organization is going to love to see more productivity. You know, right. maybe what we'll see, you know, an ideal outcome could be we expect more productivity, but we also put in more flexibility and start getting around some of the things you and I have talked about of, you know, don't manage by how many hours you work, manage by how much you accomplish. Right. And so, you know, the more efficient we can all be, I think we can actually turn this work from home experiment into something pretty grand and really see a sea change over time. So, yeah. And we talked about that in previous episodes too. Uh, when we talked about managing remote workers, uh, we talked about all of those different issues. Let's jump into key takeaways. And, you know, one of my key takeaways is that we're too close to the situation right now to be able to truly predict what the future is going to look like coming in. We've, we've got some good learnings. And in fact, one of the things I've, I've been telling a lot of people I've been talking with is, you know, always start by asking yourself, what have we learned? And keep asking that question, what have we learned? Keep it fresh in your mind. So, it, it, and, and I'll use a, 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 an example. If you don't do these learnings now, you're gonna forget them. It's like a witness that witnesses a crime. When the police officer interviews them at the time, right after the crime happened, they've got a very good total recall. But when it gets to court seven to eight months later, all of a sudden they're like, well, I think the street light was on, but I'm not sure. And I think he was wearing a blue shirt, but it could have been a green shirt. I, having these conversations now of what have we learned, continual, what have we learned, will keep everything in perspective and not change historical data and information from what you've got. That's my biggest key takeaway out of all this. No, those are great points. I, you know, when I think about this is, you know, it's something that always worked well for me when I was leading teams is, you know, as we're kind of going through this evolution, a great thing for leaders to do when we talk about things like how do we kind of keep collegiality and things and, you know, how do we look at productivity is ask your people, talk to your people, get their experience, yeah. set up the time to have those conversations intentionally to say, hey, I'm struggling with how to make things like they were, at least as far as us feeling like we're all part of the same team what would help you with that? 
because it's always a mistake when we decide to prescriptively push things down as managers without really getting, especially when you're going through this much change, really getting a good pulse on what's going on from our from our employees. So that'd be my takeaway. So why don't you right. bring us home, Lou? Okay. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership. discussion about the state of the remote workforce as it is today. If you like this video, please go ahead and click the like button. Subscribe to our Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership channel on YouTube or on LinkedIn or on Facebook. And in addition to that, don't forget that you can also download Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership on your favorite podcast platform. So we hope you would go ahead and do that as well. So as I tell everybody, keep your hands washed, keep your distance. I'm Lou Quinto. And I'm Craig Anderson.